everybody. Oh my gosh, guess what? It is 10.02 p.m. East Coast time, and we are pre-recording the show because right. I, uh, I need a therapist because <sighs> I just don't know how to handle it. I was looking, Ronnie, I went in the closet today and I looked at my Zeke jersey and I'm like, oh, OMG, yeah. what am I supposed Dang. to do now? The end of, the end of an era. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I let you in on a little secret? What? Dak's going next year, too. Ronnie, shut up. So anyway, y'all, I'm sports family therapist, Dr. Lauren Pitts. And I am former student athlete, Ronnie Ransom. Welcome back to House Talk pregame, episode 116, ladies and gentlemen. So, and this is a very special edition. This is a nightcap edition. So when you hear this, we promise you we're not taking over Quiet Storm. We're not taking over After Hours, you know, not taking over BT Uncut, none of that, you know. Look. We're here for, honestly, it's really my fault that we're here tonight as opposed to our normal time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you know, fatherhood, you know, sometimes has to come first. But, you know, hey, we're going to get it done. In Look, isn't this what sports is all about sometimes? You know, sometimes you just got an audible in the middle of a game. Sometimes Indeed. you got to throw away the game plan and be like, you know what? We just got to get, we just got to go with what we got and Indeed. see what happens. So, but you know what? We got a wonderful topic. And actually, you know. I'm actually looking forward to talking about this topic because there has been a lot of it going on. We kind of talked about some of it last week, mm -hmm. but we're really going to talk more about it tonight. Um, athletic saboteurs. Um, and uh, in other words, you know, why do some athletes sabotage, mm -hmm. you know, for what reason? You know, and when we talk about sabotage, we'll get into more, you know, what sabotaging is and things like that. But also for our athletes, you know, what are some of the reasons athletes sometimes find themselves sabotaging sometimes their career, sometimes brand new contracts, sometimes their starting position or sometimes a roster spot? You know, why do these things happen? Why do athletes find themselves doing these things? Even some of the most um, accomplished athletes find themselves in positions of sabotaging. So we're going to get into some of the most common reasons that athletes um sometimes sabotage and then what we can do about that you know what are some things that we can help our athletes do when they find themselves in the position of you know sometimes sacrificing their morals or in other words sacrificing their principles yeah, man. to you know accomplish something you know athletically so we're going to be getting into that in a, in a few short minutes and everything um dr pitts how how, how was your week how's it how's your day going how's, omg how's ronnie i feel like i've been drugged by a freight train <laughs> but I, I don't use an alarm clock to get up. Uh, my body wakes me up, but my body clearly has been confused all week because uh, I have not been able... So let me just say this first. So usually daylight savings time, like many people, it'll throw me off for a minute, right? And it takes a minute to right. adjust. But it has never hit me like this. Like, really? I, oh my God, I have not been able That's to That's crazy. I've I, been hearing that a lot this week. I'm not prescribing no meds. Let me put this disclaimer out there. I do not prescribe meds and don't ever do, do not try this at home. <laughs> I got the brilliant idea mm -hmm. that I was going to take the magnesium that my doctor has me on for the foot and leg cramps that I have. And I also took melatonin. 
So what had happened was you felt really good. Look, you ever seen that meme? You ever seen that meme recovered the frog? <laughs> That's how I woke up. That's how oh, I woke up. And so I've overslept twice this week. I've overslept twice this week because I was all high up. Mm. Go to sleep. And I'm like, I don't, I don't indulge in substances and such and so forth and so on. But um my brain was like, yo. I feel you. I feel you. This week, this this week um went by. It, it, the weather, like the weather, started off this week where it was in the twenties at nighttime mm-hmm. and maybe the forties during the day. Mm-hmm. Now today it was seventy. You know, so it's forty eight here. And uh, right it now was it's like eighty some degrees the other day, and we had two tornadoes to hit yesterday. It's like, I saw um, one of my teammates is actually lives in Dallas, and I think yesterday, mm-hmm. like I, where the road where he lives at was flooded, and I was like, "Great day!" Flash like, floods. Been we had flash yeah. floods. We had two tornadoes hit. Like it was the weather here was insane yesterday, and now it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, cold. I don't like, I don't like to speak about Mother Nature, uh, you know, in a negative she's way. Bipolar. I'm glad you said it and not me, you know. I don't. Uh, but, I think you know, she needs. I think. But she's in my crazy. clinical, in my clinical opinion, um, yeah, you know, she's definitely giving um, some very uh, up and down mood swings. Vibes. <laughs> yeah, she's got some. She got some vibes going on. It seems like she gets a little angry in certain places, you know. It just depends. <laughs> right. Just depends on the time of year she gets angry. Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. <laughs> California seems to be on our list this year. Right, right. So, Dr. Pitts, before yes. we get into this topic, there are a couple of things, um, you know, that we, you know, to update everybody on in, in the current sports world. So, um, and I don't think I've ever shared this with you, uh, for real, for real. Um, so, everybody knows how much I have a uh, strong dislike for the Dallas Cowboys. More so the fans than the actual organization itself. But it's, you know, we'll just group it all together. Mm-hmm. However, there is another team that is a very close second that, you know, I absolutely despise with the umpteenth emphasis on. As a Steelers despise. fan, that wouldn't be the Ravens, would it? No, this is an NFL or oh, NBA. Okay. This is college. What? Yeah. That's Bowie. You hate Bowie. No, I, well, I have a strong dislike for Bowie, but this okay. is even worse than Bowie. How's that possible, Ron? So, you know, as much as I love the Trojans and everything, when I was a lot younger, I was a Hokie fan um, of Virginia Tech. Okay. So by nature, um, UVA is a team that I've grown up to despise over and over again. Um, and any chance I get to, you know, relish in their anguish, you know, I take full advantage of that. So I want to give a special there goes our, to- look. There goes our chance of getting anybody from UVA on the show. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll get them. I got a friend that played at UVA, so we'll we'll get somebody we'll on get here eventually. In. Yeah. <laughs> look, nothing but a conversation can smooth everything over. That's all I'm saying. But That's however, uh-huh. but I'm a but look, I'm, I'm being real. All right, okay. they they want the real. All right, I'm just being <laughs> honest. All right, no no hard feelings. No, you know, they also didn't recruit me, you know, but no hard feelings. However, you know, yesterday I want to give a special shout out to uh, the Furman University basketball team. 
for uh, uh, upsetting UVA yesterday. In Did the they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Shout, out, shout out to Furman. Shout out to Furman. Look, when I always tell people that you got to enjoy the little things, right? Did they Nothing beat them in Charlottesville or they beat them at, at Furman? No, the, uh, it was one of the regional games. I don't know. I don't know oh, what okay. region they were okay. in. Um, hey, look, hey, I went, hey, psh, they could have, they could have beat them over here in Ettrick. I was happy. Mm-hmm. I was happy. So, yeah, but on top of that, please. but on top of that, uh, Dr. Pitts, March Madness has been absolutely mad. Um, so, so far, not only has, uh, UVA, uh, lost in the tournament, um, the biggest upset yesterday was University of Arizona, the two seed losing to Princeton, uh, 59 to 55. And just literally like 30, 35 minutes ago, Farley Dickinson just upset number one seed Purdue in the first round. Which they are the second they are the second 16 seed ever to get it done. Be the number one seed in the first round. And when North game. Jersey in the house. <laughs> oh, they're from North they're from North Jersey? Farley Dickinson's in North Jersey, yeah. Word. Shout out to North Jersey. Yeah, Shout out to North. I look, I don't I don't know why Purdue was the number one seed anyways. Now, I'll be honest with you also, I, you know, I really didn't do a good job of keeping up with the uh, NCAA uh, mm-hmm. men's uh, season this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even do a bracket this season just out of, you know, respect of, you know, not really, you know, paying attention to it. But um, as of uh, literally 30 minutes ago, there are literally no perfect brackets remaining out of 20 million wow. brackets completed. So, you know. March Madness is alive and well, Dr. Pitts. On a whole nother level, so it seems. Despite NIL, despite Mm -hmm. the one and done, March Madness will always be mad. Right, right, right. (laughs) And this is why and this is why we love college sports so much. Yes, indeed. You don't you don't you don't get this at any other level. Now don't get me wrong. When you know when you get to the playoffs in the NFL and the mm-hmm. NBA finals mm-hmm. and some of the like you know maybe the conference finals and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you get masterpiece moments, you get classic mm-hmm. moments and things like mm-hmm. that. But it's just something about the aura and the vibe and the energy of yeah. college sports, you know, college yeah. football and college basketball, any other sports as well. You know, when it comes down to the tournaments, um, there's nothing like it, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, for somebody who competed at the college level and had a chance to play at the end and had a chance to play in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just a different energy. And I mean, it's just like, it's an honor. Like, you know, when we made it to the playoffs, we were one of 24 teams left out of all the D2 football teams. Wow. And I mean, you know, so, you know, you just take those moments and you really appreciate mm-hmm. it. And I mean, these mm-hmm. guys are capitalizing, you know, so shout out to all these Taking advantage of the moment. Right. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. you only here one time. They thought you shouldn't be yeah. here anyways. They did their best to get you out of here quick. Right. Hey, right. Roast to the occasion. And, you know, some might say that, you know, somehow, some way, the number one seed probably sabotaged themselves somewhere along the game, you know, when they go back it's and watch It sounds like film. that might be the case. Right. You know, I mean, you know, hey, those moments happen. We're going to get into yeah. that in a few minutes and everything. Yeah. Um. So, But, yeah, Mar- March Madness is alive and well. And mm-hmm. I mean, we got some amazing games tomorrow, Doctor Pitts. We got uh, Alabama and Maryland. We mm-hmm. got Duke and Tennessee. We got Michigan State and Marquette. Um, Shaka Smart um, from mm-hmm. uh, former VCU coach. He's at Marquette now, so you mm-hmm. know that's gonna be you know uh, rooting for him. We got Houston and Auburn, mm-hmm. uh, Penn State, Texas, Kansas, Arkansas. Wow! I can let you know one thing. 
Uh, mm-hmm. After after we have our uh, our meeting tomorrow and everything, mm-hmm. I can let you know what I'm doing the rest of the day tomorrow. <laughs> no, look, Eli, Eli's gonna be looking at me like Dad, you are crazy. Hey, look, son, you're not the only one that can yell in this house, too. All right, so you know, <laughs> are we giving the baby bad nerves yelling at the TV? I'm not, I'm trying not to stress him out, you know. <laughs> Goodness, great, make him all jumpy and jittery. Look, he was scared right. of basketball. <laughs> um, also, real quick, too, shout out to uh, Coach Prime. Um, as being the only um, uh, spring game that's going to be uh, televised on ESPN this uh, spring. Wow. So, yeah. And I believe, you know, actually, this is the first year Colorado actually uh, put a price on their spring game tickets. It was only $10, but they actually sold out, I think, within a matter of hours. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Interesting. Right. For so, a spring game. Huh. You know, and you know, it's crazy. Guess what they have their, uh, their predicted wins for this season? They got them at four and a half wins for the season. So, you know. They were that bad. I looked at their schedule. I'm not going to lie to you. I gave them, I gave them in all fairness, I gave them, uh, I had them at seven and four. And I was being really nice. Seven and four. Because uh, their schedule, they, they still got, they still got USC. They still got UCLA. They got Oregon. Um, but they got some big they got some tough games and they got some yeah. winnable games too. But yeah. you know, um, but yeah, so shout out to him for getting a spring game on uh ESPN, um, doing some really good things at Colorado and everything. So yeah. Um, did you have a mental health tip of the week or anything? Nope. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, so don't take oh. magnesium and melatonin. <laughs> <Just wait. laughs> That's all the spirit. Look at that. It will cause you to sabotage. Uh-oh. <laughs> that is so funny looking. It looks like your brain. Oh, oh, oh yeah. What is my head doing? Hey, yo. Hey, my head is oh, wild yeah. right now. <laughs> it looks like your brain is outside your head. Um, this how yeah, you know because doing night. that could sabotage your getting up on time and your life. It could just mess you all up. Don't do that. Right. Don't try right. it out. Exactly. So all right, y'all. So once again, we're talking about sabotaging and athlete sabotaging. So what is sabotaging? So in a nutshell, um, sabotaging is a deliberate or intentional act of ruining one's um, experience, opportunity, chances, mm-hmm. uh, momentum, progress, whatever the case may be. In other words, um, being in your own way. That's uh, a that's nice good. way of putting it. Getting in your mm-hmm. own way. And, you know, preventing yourself from, um, you know, sometimes being exactly what it is that you hope you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, but why do we do that? You know, I think why, some people why, go subconsciously, Ronnie. I don't think everybody, I don't think it, I don't think everybody realizes that they're doing it. At least that's my clinical perspective. I wholeheartedly agree. But mm-hmm. what do we know to be true? We know to be true that the subconscious comes through our behaviors, comes through our, our mannerisms, comes through mm-hmm. our, you know, nonverbal language, comes through, you mm-hmm. know, especially in, in, in terms of athletics, comes mm-hmm. through how we finish drills, comes through how we mm-hmm. communicate and participate in practice, mm-hmm. how we show up in the moment when, you know, mm-hmm. when chaos arrives, how we show up in those moments during the game or during practice and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of times and we don't recognize it, you know, just like we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure when Purdue looks at their game film tonight, 
you know, they're mm-hmm. going to, you know, say, you know, well, yeah, we probably, you know, shot ourselves in the foot a few times during the game. You mm-hmm. know, whether we re- realize it or not, we probably did that. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are some other um, uh, reasons that, you know, people do sabotage. And we're going to get into those in a few seconds. But mm-hmm. before we get into that, let's give the people an example of some famous athletes who have found themselves to uh, sabotage. Um, for example, uh, Barry Bonds, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, for all those who uh, might not know who Barry Bonds, especially for our, our younger generation, mm-hmm. uh, Barry Bonds is regarded as probably one of the best baseball players ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make a long story short, um, the first half of his career, if he would have retired after he left from Pittsburgh, Hall mm-hmm. of Famer, no yeah. questions asked about yeah. it. However, mm-hmm. he got traded to uh, San Francisco Giants. And, you know, he got himself involved in what they call the uh, steroid era. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. he had a noticeable difference in body mass, size. Um, and, I mean, his power, his power already beforehand was mm-hmm. already, you know, um, just elite. Um, but, you know, when he was, you know, allegedly, you know, because he didn't get, you know, they never found it, you know, to be true. But allegedly he was using. So, mm-hmm. allegedly his power became even more just utterly ridiculous, you mm-hmm. know, culminating in him breaking the home run record, you know, with 73. Um, you also got somebody like Ray Rice. Um, oh, who, right. You know, Ray Rice, you know, former NFL running back for the Baltimore Ravens um, back in 2014, um, mm-hmm. had a domestic violence incident with his um, uh, fiance at the time, who later on became his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, you know, when the report first came out, you know, there was no video. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that was like one of the first situations where when video came out, you know, the NFL kind of doubled back and was like, yeah, we messed this one up. And, you mm-hmm. know, it really it really cost him his career, you know. Yeah. Um, even though they suspended him indefinitely, um, he fight, you know, fought and appealed and everything and they got it overturned and whatnot. But no team never touched him again after that. Right. Um, you know, we've also seen uh, somebody like Ann Hernandez, um, who some might say he sabotaged his career, you know, with everything that culminated with him. Um, and more recently, like we talked about last week, you know, somebody like John Morant, who mm-hmm. has been displaying, you know, saboteur mm-hmm. behavior, you know, mm-hmm. with flashing the gun uh, in the club, mm-hmm. which, you know, he had the interview with Jalen Roses earlier this week and said it wasn't his um, mm-hmm. and things like that. <laughs> and it's funny, too. Um, because somebody found his um Instagram account from when he was like a younger kid and everything. Mm-hmm. He wasn't waving a gun in the picture. Please tell me. No, he was not waving a gun in the picture. But um, the captions themselves, you know, if if nobody knew any better, they would say, "Okay, you know, he's trying to be about that life and whatnot." But oh. you know, it, it's but it, in the reality of the situation. He's about to cash in on a $200 million contract that goes into effect this year. And he's doing things like, you know, trying to fight a teenager on two separate occasions, you know, having the gun incident, you know, um, you know, and all these other things that he's been, you know, having going on and whatnot. And we right. and we see, you know, now he went to the mental health facility um, for a few days down in Florida, um, had his NBA suspension and everything. He's supposed to come back Monday. Um, but yeah, that's a that's another recent example of of, of an athlete, you know, mm-hmm. really, you know, almost throwing away their career. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what are maybe some of the top reasons why um, athletes might you know self sabotage? Um, 
One example could be, you know, a limited acceptance of abundance. Mm, oh, that poverty mindset. Right. And in other words, you know, not believe. And the way I always tell people is this, um, you know, when we talk about self-belief, self-confidence and self-esteem, mm -hmm. it really boils down to this. Um, when we deal with intrusive thoughts, when we deal with, mm -hmm. you know, negative self-talk and negative, you know, beliefs mm -hmm. and things like that, what happens is, is we start to believe that we're not worthy enough or we're not competent yeah. enough to yeah. achieve the success that we have. And what yeah. happens is I give you a great example. Um, let's say, for example, you get a, uh, you know, a, a, an award at work or whatever, right? You know, mm -hmm. you get employee of the month or something like that. Mm -hmm. Now the spotlight's kind of on you in a sense, or at least in your head, you feel like the spotlight's on you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, now I've set the standard of what the employee should do, you know, how they should work and things like that. So now mm -hmm. my coworkers are looking at me. So now I can't afford to slip up. I can't afford to make a mistake. I can't come into work late. I can't stay on lunch too long because if I do that, other employees are going to sit there and think they can do that and get employer of the quarter too. Right. We see the same thing with athletes. When when uh, athletes are named team captain, sometimes team captain, sometimes that role of being team captain can cause a player to experience enormous amounts of anxiety because yeah. now you are thrusting into a role of leadership that, you know, whether or not you embrace the role or not, now the 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 lens is more on you. The focus is more on you in a sense. And it creates a bit a bigger ability for an athlete to run into the situation of, you know, am I worthy of this position? You know, mm -hmm. can I handle this position? Can I be a leader of my team? Can I be a leader of my position group and things like that? Can I be the person my coaches are counting on? Can I be the person that my school, the university, the town, you know, my family, my peers, my friends and everything that they that they depend on me to be. And, you know, when when sometimes you put an athlete in that position, when they're not used to handling situations like that, when they're not used to handling those mm -hmm. thoughts and handling mm -hmm. those that anxiety, because once again, as athletes, we go through a, a, a healthy level of anxiety regardless anyways, mm -hmm. you know, anxiety, uh, <clears throat> give an example of, of healthy anxiety that might be you know, excitement or being really hyped in the moment, because when mm -hmm. you're really hyped up in the moment, you tend to be more focused when you're having fun in a high stress environment, you tend mm -hmm. to be more focused and you're looking forward to being focused in that moment, if that mm -hmm. makes sense for everybody out there listening. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons. Um, and I, I want to, yeah, I want to touch on that because I, that limiting beliefs piece is huge, right? What a lot of people don't realize, um, just to, to give this illustration, that everything in life is created twice. Can't see it because our filter is on. You can see the bottom. Everything in life is created twice. Well, Dr. Pitts, what do you mean by that? Anything that has form or that has any type of tangibility to it or, or that has the ability to manifest something, it first started with a thought. Hence why our thought life has the ability to impact our physical well-being, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at the fact that anything that manifests itself, it starts with a thought. When you think about that within the context of the power of limiting beliefs, you have the ability to sabotage your career, your performance based upon your thought life. And how do you combat that? It's a real, it's, it's like, interestingly enough, I was working uh, right before we came on to pre-record, I was working with one of my life coaching clients and we were talking this through and out. And 
you know, the client said to me that they didn't understand how to combat this habit that they have of, of embracing and, and dancing with their limiting beliefs. And mm -hmm. I said, well, you practice that. I was like, well, Dr. Vick, what do you mean I practiced it? I said, you didn't come out the womb with limiting beliefs. You learned it. Right. You learned how to have limiting beliefs. You right. learned how to have a defeatist attitude. You learned mm -hmm. how to have toxic thinking. So yeah. how do you combat the limiting beliefs? How do you combat your toxic thinking? You have to replace it with supporting beliefs. So here's the example that I like to use. Say your limiting belief is, I didn't go to college, so therefore I can't be as successful as Ronnie or as successful as Dr. Pitts. That's mm -hmm. the limiting belief. In right. contrast, though, the supporting belief is, Though I didn't go to college for four years, I've, I've obtained an exorbitant amount of real life experience that can be applicable in various situations. We collegially, we call that life experience credits, right. right? So it's recognizing that if you have toxic thinking, because there is a connection between your thinking and your physical being, i.e. your athletic performance, you have to be able to harness those toxic thoughts and those limiting beliefs and replace them with supporting thoughts and supporting beliefs that are going to be instrumental in helping you to maximize your performance and hopefully not sabotage your athletic career. And, and speaking of limiting beliefs, I'm glad you mentioned that. It was going to bring me to... Uh, one of my other reasons why, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. athletes might find themselves sabotaging <clears throat> is placing strict expectations on your performance. You know, expectations too <clears throat> high. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And one of my one of my favorite things that I like to tell my clients and, and tell people in general is that when the expect when perfection is the expectation, we mm -hmm. fail every single time. Every single time. And, you know, so, you know, as athletes, you know, obviously as athletes, we're kind of like conditioned to set expectations. You know, we have team expectations. We have, um, you know, side of the ball <clears throat> expectations or, you know, other sports, you know, you have whatever your position expectations are. We have our own, you know, in football, we have our own personal position expectations and things like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, like we are filled with nothing but expectations as athletes. Mm -hmm. However, you know, that can be the very same reason why we sabotage is right. the amount of expectations and how how you know unrealistic at times we can be with how mm -hmm. we think we're going to achieve them. You know, for example, um, when I was in high school, I used to say, you know, I was going to be an all state lineman and everything. Mm -hmm. um, the reality of the situation was is that I because I was on a not so good team, you know, the chances of me you know reaching that goal, I would have had to play at such a high level that I would have had to have no choice but to stick out, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? But if I would have had held myself to that same standard of like, you know, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, I would have never given my chance, myself the chance to really recognize all the things I was <clears throat> accomplishing, mm -hmm. you know? The amount of pancakes I was getting per game, the amount of mm -hmm. tackles and sacks I was getting each game and things like that. Mm -hmm. Those things that really matter and really add up to situations, you know, where mm -hmm. you can really sit there and say, you know what, I had a, su a successful season. You know, when I got to college, you know, 
my expectations for myself, you know, each year as a team was, you know, to get to the playoffs, win our conference, you know, for me personally, it was to, you know, be all conference, you know, try to be all American. Um, and at, you know, for the position of center, we have an award called the Remington award, which is awarded to the mm -hmm. best center in, um, in the country for each division. Yeah. And so that was also my goal. Um, and, you know, so what did that look like when I tried, you know, what objectives I tried to set out for each goal, you know, for those mm -hmm. goals? Well, you know, for games and everything, you know, well, making sure I did my assignment, you know, make sure I studied my assignment, studied the game plan and things like that, knew the knew the opponents I was going to play and everything, and, you know, have a game plan. Um, on top of that, you know, really having realistic goals, you know, obviously don't get any penalties, don't get a dumb penalty, whether it's, you know, a snapping infraction, holding, um, false start, uh, mm -hmm. you know, unnecessary roughness, you know, just dumb penalties or, you know, don't get, you know, don't um, give up a sack. And, you know, to be honest with you, in 34 starts, I gave up one sack. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. so, but for me, I can hang my hat on that. That's a, that's a, a expectation on my performance that I'm, I'm happy with. But yeah. let's say I would have really been hyper-focused mm -hmm. on, you know, well, I, I gave up a sack. So, you know, I, I really wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I can look at it that way and I can, you know, allow that intrusive thought and that negative self-talk to really diminish my accomplishments mm -hmm. or, I can really, you know, say to myself, you know what, under the circumstances, under the conditions of everything that was going on at the time, I did the best I could. And these were the results yeah. of that. And yeah. I should be proud of that because yeah. it could have it could have been worse. You know, obviously things can always be better, but it could have been worse, too. So, you know, as athletes, we have to be really be careful about the expectations we place on ourselves, because sometimes we can expect ourselves to be perfect in every situation. And mm -hmm. that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, I wanna... if there's oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish your talk. No, I was just going to say, if there's one thing we've always seen in sports is that perfection sometimes always shouldn't be the goal. Mm -hmm. Well, perfection shouldn't. So here's the thing, and, and I've said it this way before. I'm going to reframe it for our audience. Perfection should never be the goal. Greatness and excellence should be the goal. And when you look at this whole idea of expectations and what happens when we set expectations too high. Ronnie, human behavior and relationship research has shown us that setting expectations too high has been linked to mental health conditions such right. as depression, anxiety. Oh, so the, like there's 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 issues it, that that compromise your overall well-being when that expectation is set too high and, and when this perfectionism comes into play. Here's something that I want people to really give consideration to that I believe is, is going to be liberating if they wrap their mind around it. Mm -hmm. You have to look at three things when it comes to expectations. You Talk have to look it. at how you impose expectations on others, i.e. Mm -hmm. your teammates, your coaches, your trainers, your family members and friends that are supporting you during into the season and, and out of season. Right. You also have to look at how you respond to expectations imposed upon you by others. Right. And then you have to look at how do you manage the expectations that you impose upon yourself? So three ways, how do you impose expectations on other people? How do you respond to the expectations that others impose upon you? And how do you manage the expectations that you impose upon yourself? And you have to take a look at that because there's a deeper dive. 
that's connected right. with that as it relates to your mental health and how that is impacting your behavior. Is mm-hmm. it rooted in insecurity? Mm, it's a strong possibility. More, more times than not. You know, are you are you seeking to validate your existence and your your greatness and your excellence by how you perform? Is it all about the performance or do you only feel good? Do you only feel worthy? Do you only feel lovable? Do you only feel significant and extraordinary? Do you only love yourself when you're performing? because that is a much or when other people are telling you how well you're performing yes are you are you an attention whore do you are you so needy do you have such an insecure attachment style that 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 attention that you get from being a high achiever from being an overachiever does that validate you and Ronnie, if, if I can be, you know, honest about how I really assess this clinically, I really truly believe that that's part of the reason why athletes struggle to the degree that they do when they have to hang up the cleats or the Jordans or the, the whatever. We're, we're treated like celebrities. Yeah. And it's like, like I mean, oh crap, now what? I'm just a regular you, old human being. My oxygen supply at, is gone. And I'm like, why can't you just be enough because you're enough? Because attention is a drug. Well, yeah. But I mean, but seriously though, like that—that no, that no, attention. I'm, is I'm drinking. A... I totally agree. And but people don't realize like, that. Another another thing too that a lot of people don't think about as well is that a lot of these kids, a lot of times we look at youth sports now. Sometimes these kids at five, six, seven, eight years yeah. old, their teams or organizations are being glorified and you know yep. hyped up and things like that. Now, yep. granted, don't get me wrong it's cool to see that and things like that. And it's cool that mm-hmm. those kids get those opportunities and experiences. But mm-hmm. once again, you're exposing them to a level of attention and mm-hmm. a level of uh, expectations that now they have to hold themselves to moving mm-hmm. forward. And yeah. once again, like, I don't want to ever sit there and say that somebody can set their expectations too high. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of times when it comes to sports, you know, a lot of our individual expectations are really determined by, you know, our coaching staff, our head coach, mm-hmm. our position coach and things like that, because at the end of the day, they're the ones who allow us to go on the field and perform. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're the ones who allow our talent to speak for ourselves mm-hmm. and things like that. So if we're not careful, then, yeah, you can allow yourself to really, you know, sabotage that moment and everything like that. Yeah. Mm. No, that's real. That's real. Man. So next one. So my next one actually is, you know, kind of what we've been talking about is also comparing yourself to others. Mm. Oh, gosh, Ronnie, that is huge. Right. That's such a big one. It is. And unfortunately, it happens. I I think, you know, in a way, it's kind of like, you know, we kind of have to. But once again, we know too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. Right. Anything in excess can mess around and hurt you. Mm-hmm. And so when I say, you know, we kind of do it all the time, what do you always hear, you know, when you ask a youth football player, you know, what do they want to be when they grow up? You know, yeah, they want to be, be like Tom Brady. Player. Right. I want to be like Tom Brady. I, I want to be, be like, like Michael. Mike. I want to be like Michael Vick or Michael oh, Jordan yeah. or LeBron or Steph yep. Curry or yep. um, Justin Jefferson or Jamar yep. Chase, yep. Um, JJ Watt. I want to be like these players. So in mm-hmm. other words, they want to model how this player was. Mm-hmm. And you know, 
I think another great example is Kobe. You know, Kobe mm-hmm. modeled yeah. his game right after Michael Jordan. And everybody kind of said that Kobe was a Michael Jordan 2.0. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of it, and, you know, Kobe's kind of like a, I guess, what you can would consider, I guess, the best case scenario for really comparing yourself to somebody else, like really mm-hmm. modeling yourself after somebody else. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you know, we're all our, you know, each, you know, individual unique self. However, as athletes, you know, when we compare ourselves to others, you know, yeah, you can really find yourself, um, you know, sabotaging your efforts and sabotaging your chances of really performing Mm -hmm. when you're so worried about what somebody else is doing. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a great example. We see this all the time in college. Mm -hmm. These five-star recruits, these four-star recruits, these Mm -hmm. highly recruited players, these top 100 Mm -hmm. players, top 10 Mm -hmm. players and things like that, who, you know, are are nationally known well covered and things yeah. like that yeah and they go to college and what's the one thing we always hear college coaches and college you know players say when you get to college everybody's good yeah man every everybody was all state well yeah everybody's at the, D1, at, at the <laughs> d1 level everybody was all state yeah. everybody was mr football or mr basketball or mr mm-hmm. baseball whatever the case may be Everybody was their town's best player, best athlete, was yeah. four-star, five-star, played four sports, five sports, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. At the college level, you see that all the time. And mm-hmm. even coaches will tell you, like, hey, we're, we're looking for somebody to replace you. Right. You and know, you talk about someone, that all the time. Like, you're, right. you're literally paying every single solitary game you're playing to preserve your spot because folks exactly. is always ready to take it. Isn't on it, you are going out there auditioning for your role every single week. Yeah. And sometimes that pressure, sometimes those thoughts of ha- once again having to be perfect, having to make mm-hmm. the right choice every mm-hmm. single time. Let's take for example the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. I think that's a position right there where you know us as fans too, we heavily compare our quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. what is you know for quarterbacks, what does it boil down to? How many touchdowns you throw compared to interceptions? Mm-hmm. Um, how many wins you have, how many yeah. wins you have in the playoffs, how many game-winning touchdown drives do you have, mm-hmm. um, how many, um, hell, what else, like, how many, obviously, how many Super Bowls do you have, yeah. you know, yeah. so, yeah. you know, when we compare, when, as fans, when we compare other players, you know, it makes for great debate, it makes for great, you know, yeah. arguments and, you know, things like that. Yeah. But when we see our athletes doing it, when we see our yeah. athletes succumbing to that pressure of feeling they have to be like somebody else, right. you know, when somebody in a, in a sport sets a certain standard, you know, yeah. for example, like Tom Brady, Tom Brady playing until he's 45. Now yeah. we kind of have this notion that any quarterback who's really good, we expect them now that they have to play to 45. Otherwise, well, I mean, you really either A, you didn't take care of yourself, mm-hmm. B, you really, you know, didn't do that well. Or mm-hmm. C, you know, you really, you know, just didn't care enough to play that long. But only QBs that can do that, Ronnie, your pocket quarterbacks. Right. But once again, so you have a whole style of quarterbacks who now be are ostracized or any any position for that matter. If mm-hmm. you don't play 10, 15 years, was your career really good? Right. You know, right. We know to be true that the average NFL career is only two and a half to three years. Yeah. Yeah. So hell, if you play five, six years. I mean, you know, if you want to compare yourself to others, then yeah, you you've had a hell of a career if you yeah. see it that way. You know, so we have to be very careful about what our limits to comparing is. Comparing mm-hmm. in some ways, yeah. If for example, I feel like I gotta sneeze. Oh Lord. Bless you.
if I, so for example, like when I was a center, what I used to compare myself to is, you know, how other centers, you know, what were their stats? You know, did they have many pancakes mm -hmm. they had? You know, did they give mm -hmm. up sacks? You know, how well they handled, you know, double teams and things like, just like little inside things that I would compare myself to other centers to. Mm -hmm. And also too, like, you know, if another center is getting all conference and, you know, I'm looking at their game and stuff like that, and I can take tidbits and things like that to add to mm -hmm. my game, then mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to compare how I stack up to that to see if I can take something from their game and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's comparing in a way that's going to, you know, I'm trying to just, you know, just better myself, you know. Yeah. When we think about another way of looking at comparing is, you know, what can I learn from this person? Right, you know? right. You know, what can I learn from this person to add to my game? Right. You know, not what can I learn from this person? And if I don't do this in my game, is trash. Right. That's Isn't that, the, Ronnie? The, oh, go ahead. I'm real, sorry. real quick question. No, you're fine. The, you know, the commercial with um, Morgan Freeman and Tom Brady, where he's reading that letter. And, and in essence, um, what he's saying is you don't want to be the next Tom Brady. You want to be the first, whoever you are. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be, you know, the, the next, LeBron or the next Kobe or the next Steph or the next, you know, Kevin Durant, you want to be the first you. Right. And I think, you know, um, Damian Lillard made a great point about this on um, JJ Reddick's podcast. And he kind of talked about, you know, because, you know, everybody kind of like chastises him for not leaving Portland and going to, you know, chase a ring. Um, and he was like, well, if everybody gets a ring, what's the point of getting a ring? You know, Ooh, that's good. Right. And I mean, you know, yeah, obviously. And, you know, every sport that we play, you know, obviously yeah. the goal is to win the championship, be a winner yeah. and things like that. But if we only solely compare our athletes to just how many championships they yeah. won, that's right. then we are dismissing so many other great and elite careers. Yeah. You know, there are a and lot there's of so great much more. The championship is big, but. One of the things, and yeah, I'm not, I'm just bringing it up because one of the, with all of the, the chatter going on about Zeke living, leaving the Cowboys, one of the things that I really appreciated, and it's weird because I'm like, I've been watching sports literally my whole life and I've never bear witness to narratives like this. It's like, they're talking like he's died or something. It's just weird the way the conversations are coming forth. But one of the things that um, I want to say it was, I don't know if it was Spagnuolo. Some, one, of the, one of the things that, that one of the, the coaches said is that um, they talked about, you know, that there was some immaturity mm -hmm. when he first came into the league. And it, for all intents and purposes, that he didn't use this word, I'm reframing. He, it could have sabotaged. It could have sabotaged the, the career that he had at Dallas. Um, but they said that he grew up. He grew up and they, that class of 2016, you know, he and Dak, they grew up and became men together coming mm -hmm. out of college into the draft and coming to America's team. And I think that it's so important to note that because it's, part of what combats self-sabotage is transformation right? right it's 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 transformation in how you think it's transformation in your behavior it's transformation in your attitude 
And I think that that's the piece that, that you alluded to, right? And, and that the, the player that you referenced alluded to. Yes, everybody wants to win a championship. But if all you're getting out of the sport is winning or not winning a championship, then you've missed the robustness of the journey. You've missed right. all of the, the, you've missed the relationship connections that you've made. You've missed the lessons that you should have learned and could have learned. You miss the, the value that comes with team camaraderie and just, just the, 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 the brotherhood and the sisterhood that comes from team sports. If all you're focused on is well, they didn't win any championships during that person's career. You missed it. No, they didn't and, get a ring, but look at all of the other invaluable stuff that they got. Right. I think you can say the same for individual sports too, you know, because in individual sports, it's just you and the other person. It's literally, did you win because of you or did you lose because of you? Right, you know? right. And so in situations like that, you know, if all you compare yourself is to, did I, you know, how many wins did I get? Did I lose? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. we don't we don't sit there and knock Muhammad Ali for having, I think, five losses and I think one draw. We still right. consider him one of the greatest of all time. That's right. You know, yes, right. Floyd Mayweather is perfect. He's a 50, you know, perfect 50 and 0. Kudos mm -hmm. to him. But there, I think, um, oh, I, I can't remember his name right now, but he I think he's a a, a, a Mexican boxer. I think mm -hmm. he was like 98 and two or something. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah, he fought a hundred times. Floyd only fought wow. 50. This dude, yeah, you know, so. It's know, one of the older he, Mexican boxers. Yeah, 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 yeah. He older dude. I can't, I can't think of his name right now. Um, but. You're not talking you know, about uh, Camacho, are you? That Hector Macho could, Camacho? Could be. I, could be. It, it's one of them. I don't know if he boxed know. that much, but he was a beast. He was a yeah. beast back in the day. No. And don't he train Pacquiao? Like, doesn't Pacquiao train through his... through? No, nah, Pacquiao team? was trained by uh, Eddie Roach, the white dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a connection yeah. there. Okay, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, even in those situations, you know, so to, mm -hmm. we say all that to say, you know, um, you really have to, as when it comes to expectations and also, you know, comparing mm -hmm. yourself to others and things like that, you mm -hmm. know, be careful comparing yourself to others, not only in sports, but in the real world, because yeah. what do we always say? Comparison is the thief of joy. And comparison comparison robs you of the ability to enjoy your own personal experiences and mm -hmm. your own personal learning journeys. Yeah. You know, so be careful of that. Um, and another reason that I wanted to, you know, uh, get your opinion on also uh, mm -hmm. why we see sometimes athletes sabotage is, um, uh, one way to say it is misinterpreting pre-race jitters. In other words, mm -hmm. misinterpreting the butterflies before a game, those nerves mm -hmm. before a game. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I'm used to hear um, people say, like, if you didn't have butterflies before you went out there, you should, you know, don't go out there, don't play, mm -hmm. quit, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, or I've also heard people say, you know, uh, coach used to walk around and say, if I, I look in your eyes, I can tell if you want to go out there. If you don't want to go out there, if you hesitate and everything, take your shoulder pads off right now and everything and stuff like that. If you're too nervous, mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever scare tactics that coaches, you know, used to try and get us motivated mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think it's safe to say that regardless of the sport, whether you're a triathlete, whether you're a football player, baseball player, mm -hmm. field hockey, soccer, I think it's safe to say that more times than not, 
our athletes before they walk out on that field have some type of you know pre-race jitters worries concerns mm-hmm. now how can you I not I used to always have jitters about the first hit mm-hmm. like I don't <laughs> know what it was it's something about the first hit you just like um, once you get it out Ooh. so now <laughs> don't judge me okay this is gonna sound absolutely barbaric all right so what I used to do to alleviate that now we call what we would call this clinically is a maladaptive coping skill oh gosh handle anxiety so how I used to handle my anxiety around the first hit of a game is that me and one of my really good friends, Bruce Baskerville, if he's listening or will listen to this episode, he knows exactly what I'm about to talk about. (laughs) Before every game when we were in high school, our junior and senior year, when we would run out from the end zone and everything, we'd go on the sideline. And, you know, when you dap somebody up, you know, you pat them on the back and everything. Well, instead of doing that, we'd dap each other up and we'd headbutt each other really hard three times. Ronnie! And look, once this was like oh nine two thousand without helmets. No, 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 with helmets, with helmets, with helmets. Okay, I mean that don't oh, that don't make it. No, <laughs> trust me, it don't make it no better. Because you should. I was about to say you should put that disclaimer out there. Do not try to say. <laughs> Please, <laughs> once again, clin- brain bleeds. Clinically, we call this a maladaptive coping skill. Mm, so please do not maladapt and model. That coping skill. I highly do not no, recommend it because. Oh my gosh. But, you know, I say all that to say, you know, that's how I would handle my anxiety before a game. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen people where they might throw up before a game. Uh, they might have to listen to. I've seen I've seen players where they got to listen to motivational uh, songs. And motivational you know, before, speeches. especially in the NFL, you always see them coming in with their their earbuds in or walking around right. the field. You no, know, they always got something playing. Whatever. Right. It is. I had a, I had a teammate who would listen to '90s R&B before games. Like, <laughs> okay. Shout out Every Ronald. Year he, would, he would always. He would all hey look, hey, Ronald was a beast too. Ronald go out there and listen to SWV and go out there and got them players' knees weak out there, man. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I hit them one good time, got them out there weak. But wow. you know, so I've I've seen a multitude of athletes handle, you mm-hmm. know, pregame jitters in a multitude of ways. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also important too to not allow those jitters to sabotage your performance. Because yeah. if you allow those jitters to come with you during the game, mm-hmm. then once again, when you're playing slow, when you're thinking and not reacting, mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. you know half, half stepping, when you're hesitating, when you're mm-hmm. thinking for a two uh, second too long, you mm-hmm. throw an interception, you have yeah. a turnover, you yeah. um, overthrow the first base, you yeah. might um, drop a uh, catch in the outfield, yeah. you know things like that. You know when yeah. you allow those pregame jitters to really interfere with your performance. So be mindful of that, and mm-hmm. you know. Find a routine, you know, if it's yeah. listening to a certain level of music, if it's, you know, yeah. I've seen players, you know, lay, you know, lay down on their, you know, lay down by their locker and, you know, just kind of like close their eyes and try and meditate, you know, visualize yeah. the game and things like that. You always hear coaches say, you know, visualize the game, visualize yourself yeah. out there, yeah. you know, doing that. For some people that works. I, my ADHD didn't allow that, you know. <laughs> Um, I, I try to start visualizing about the game. I'm starting to visualize about what I'm going to eat after the game. I can't know? with you, man. I can't. It's so simple. Say the friends, yo, do look good. <laughs> hey, look, the grill used to be right by our locker. I'd be like, mm, yeah, 
and that don't smell good, man. But um, so yeah, so as we get ready to wrap up and everything, so Dr. Pitts, what are some things that you think our athletes can do to um a recognize that they might be exhibiting or maybe have mm-hmm. exhibited some uh, sabotage behaviors? What mm-hmm. are some things that they can might do to recognize that and maybe circumvent that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I think, and I'm and I'm going to tie it into to a, a couple of key things. I think that one of the things that they have to do, and this might sound odd, but it's totally applicable, is you have to learn how to adjust to things that are beyond your control. Mm. You have to, because if you don't, okay, let's you know we we've had some examples, particularly. Um, at the professional level, right? Where people were change adverse, which is weird when you're considering how much the game is constantly changing. And, right. and you, you're not, what do we say all the time? We say it every week on the show. You never leave the game in the hand of the refs. Never do that. You have no control over that. How many times this past NFL season, Ronnie, did we see players get ejected from games? Too many, yeah. too many, because they weren't able to make the adjustment to those things that were going on beyond their control and they zap smooth out. But how many times, and, and here's the sabotage piece. How many times, Ronnie, can you get ejected from games or be that player for who, that player that is known for causing dissension in the locker room at what, who comes to mind is Terrell Owens, right? And I mean, real talk, right? Like you people aren't going to touch you. They are not going to touch you. He could have played for so much longer than he actually had. We know why Colin Kaepernick did what he did, but had it been handled a little differently, he could have still been playing, right? So I know that's a hot topic for folks, but at the end of the day, making the necessary adjustments to things that are beyond your control can be very, very instrumental in helping you to stop self-sabotage. Go ahead. Is it fair to call him sabotaging or can we- No, 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 no. I just, I'm not saying that he did. I use that as an example that there are things because- the reality of it is that I'm not, I'm not knocking what he did. I'm not, mm-hmm. that was his choice. That's what he did. But what I am saying is, is that there are circumstances where athletes have absolutely positively beyond the shadow of a doubt. That's why I led in with Terrell Owens, mm-hmm. where their behavior ended up sabotaging their career because of how they were responding to circumstances beyond their control. Look at Antonio Brown. He should, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he he had some gas, he he still had some rubber on his wheels. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. But but is anybody gonna touch him? No. Right, I think think he's a really great example of somebody who, you know, maybe in other situations where, you know, I, I always say like, be careful of wanting attention. Yeah, you know? well, that's what I said. Are you an attention or? You know, because 
sometimes, you know, I always say be careful what you wish for because you definitely will get it. Yeah. And, and when it comes to attention, we have to be really careful because, yeah. you know, um, Coach Prime said it really well in his last interview on the mm-hmm. Pivot podcast when he talked about, you know, he's he doesn't give other people his remote to him mm-hmm. and to his emotions, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So if when you're praising me and congratulating me and all these things, mm-hmm. if I allow that to be my measure of what I consider, mm-hmm. you know, my emotions and how I feel about myself, mm-hmm. then when you all are criticizing me and dogging me and talking bad mm-hmm. about me, mm-hmm. then I'm going to feel bad about myself and talk bad about myself too, because mm-hmm. I've given you all my remote and I allow you mm-hmm. to control the volume mm-hmm. of my emotions. So, you know, in a situation like Antonio Brown, you know, where, I mean, yeah, you know, a six round town, ta- you know, a six round player to, you know, becoming arguably if had, he had maybe one or two more seasons of what mm-hmm. he had, <clears throat> you're a fire hall of famer. Yeah. You know, some might, some might think he, what he's done, you know, in his career is hall of fame worthy, mm-hmm. but, you know, to see what he's done. Yes, absolutely. It would be mm-hmm. easy to say that, you know, his behaviors were definitely saboteur. Mm-hmm. Um, but also too, I think also a lot of times too, just like with John Morant, I think mm-hmm. with sabotaging, it's another way of crying out for help. You know? Oh, absolutely. And and thank you for saying that because that was the, the, the last piece that I wanted to add is that you have to, you have learning how to not self-sabotage requires heightened level of self-awareness. So three things, three things that people can find themselves doing. And Ronnie, you can tell me I'm wrong, but I believe if they do it outside of play in their personal life, I believe it's going to find its way into the locker room and onto the field, the court, the baseball diamond or whatever the sport is. If people are prone to default to self-pity, blame and resentment it is going to sabotage their career before it is all said and done absolutely it's gonna sabotage you have to be willing to not wallow to not blame to not hold resentment because that is like a cancer that gets in you and we're seeing more and more and more owners at the, particularly at the professional level they're not putting up with this crap. You are not going to be permitted to be a cancer in the locker room. But what happens at the collegiate level? What happens at the high school level? You, I have seen, whoo, I've seen it happen at the high school level, Ronnie, where linemen didn't protect the quarterback. Oh, like, I ain't even gonna lie. I wondered, remember when Michael Vick was playing for the Eagles? And he was running for his life all the time. And Philly was in an uproar when they got Michael, when they brought Michael Vick in because of all the issues with the dog and stuff. And then there were some issues where one of the players was major racial, racial epithets and stuff like that. Uh, there was a minute where I questioned, are they letting him get it? Have those, not because of anything, not because, not because of how he was showing up in the locker room but because of the resentment that some may have had, you don't think nah, I don't think not if if anything would have been how he showed up in the locker room. But he but he do you really think how do you I, how do the you only because even even with Colin Kaepernick, there wasn't a situation because he played that entire season when he first kneeled. Mm-hmm. And I mean I mean they weren't good to be I think that was the year Jim Harbaugh left. Mm-hmm. to go to Michigan 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's when they had um I can't remember the coach that was at Oregon, but they had him at San Francisco. The, the one that was at Philly, and then he went to San Francisco. Right. Yeah. Uh, so in Skip a situation Kelly. like Kelly, uh, I think Skip. in a situation like college, you know, it was more so that the team was just bad, and he didn't play. Actually, he didn't play bad that season. Mm-hmm. You know, despite despite the you know backlash and the criticism he was getting mm-hmm. off the field, on the field he didn't really. It didn't. You know. It didn't look like it. He allowed it to bother him that much. So in a situation like Michael Vick, you know, I, I would find it hard to believe that the players themselves would mm-hmm. allow their personal judgments about you know what he did to get in the way of that. Now maybe you know twenty thirty years ago, um, it would have been an issue. Know, player, players did that and stuff like that. I was but just I think curious. Now, mm-hmm. now I will say this though. Now somebody like um, Le'Veon Bell from the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, when basically the offensive line, you know, they all said like, "Hey, he's not welcome back here." Like, if he come back here, hey, I can't say I'm gonna block with. I'm not. I, he said they were like, "I can't tell you I'm gonna block with max effort for him." I wow. can't tell you that, you know. Wow. So there are situations, but that's how they show up in the locker room. Okay, I, I, okay. I would find it, you know, really hard to see a situation where professional athletes might allow mm-hmm. a outside situation to, you know, interfere. Mm-hmm. Going on now, we now I know we got to go and whatnot, but mm-hmm. to your point though, um, real quick, my I did you know I can't confirm this at all because I have no proof of it. But the mm-hmm. UNC men's basketball team, real quick, you're talking about mm-hmm. somebody sabotaging their chances. Wow. They were pre they were preseason number one in the country to start the season. They had just wow. lost in the national championship last year. They had everybody coming back. They were preseason number one to start the season. Missed the NCAA tournament, refused to go to the NIT tournament. But guess what? what? Two of their star players allegedly were battling over some nonsense, some some some, some strange, some some you know strange for a little piece of change they was arguing over, and apparently that that turmoil, that disconnect that them two had for each other, mm-hmm. spilled over amongst the team. <laughs> Oh, Ronnie, you just reminded me of something. Uh oh. Andre's junior year in high school. Uh oh. High school gossip. Yep. High school (laughs) has some some smoke. Andre's junior year in high school, two players on his high school basketball team. I had never seen anything like it. Two players on his high school basketball team would fight each other. And I literally had never seen a technical called on two players on the same team for fighting each other. Hey, and, and I always tell people, man, wars have been waged over, um, you know, over that good, good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I don't um, know if that's why they were fighting, but they used to fight each other all the time. I can't, (laughs) I can't confirm. That's what we're doing. I can't confirm or deny that that is what is actually what's going on amongst the, you know, amongst those two people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was what was swirling around, you know, at mm-hmm. the midpoint of the season. Mm-hmm. It would explain how a team that had the same players from last All year. All that talent and should have gone into the championship and won. And then, uh, and, and there was really, there was really telling about it though, is that they refused to accept the invite to go to the NIT tournament, which is basically like, you know, Crazy. the NCAA tournament, you know, with just the rest of the teams. Mm-hmm. And there's been seasons where they've gone to the NIT and won that, and then the next season go win the championship. So 
for them to refuse to go to that speaks volumes of like how quickly they wanted this season to end. Like they were like, you know what? We've had it. We're done with this. But isn't that coaching too? And I know that's another show, but coaching too. Sometimes, but some, I mean, and you can look at it one or two ways. You can look at it like, you know, this, the coach watched the team sabotage themselves Mm -hmm. or the coach recognized that the team was sabotaging themselves and was like, you know what? It's better that we end this now. Those players leave, and we just kind of like, you know what? We'll just. But Ronnie, don't they say attitude reflects leadership? Right. I mean, you know, hey, we 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 we've talked about it before. As much as there's pressure that the players go through, these Mm -hmm. coaches at these power five schools go through the same amount of pressure too. Yeah. And you know, Hubie Davis is having to you know walk in the footsteps of Roy Williams and Coach you know Dean and everything. So. It's got some big shoes to, you know, to walk in mm-hmm. and fill. And I mean, at UNC, it's championship robust. So yeah. when each yeah. year you're expected to win a championship because you're recruiting the best of the best, have the best of the best facilities, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, at that level for that position of a head coach, comparing yourself to them, you kind of have no choice but to be compared to the people who came before you and what they did. Because that's what's, how what's you What's the coach at Jackson State going to do? <laughs> Well, and I mean, in all honesty, you know, um, and you know, it's crazy. Like everybody keeps on asking like Coach Prime, like, you know, what's going to happen with Jackson State and HBCUs now? Once again, I am going to reiterate this. The top five most attended HBCU games last year did not have Jackson State in any of them. Wow. Wow. Okay. So – you know, to answer your question, I think Jackson State will, you know, they'll be okay. You know, they mm-hmm. might not win the uh, the SWAC next year, mm-hmm. but, you know, they'll be okay. Right. Um, I think I think FAMU probably, you know, is going to mm-hmm. look for some uh, revenge. Rat Stadium might... full every game. It, it, I tell you, it don't make I'll a difference whether the Rattlers is winning or losing. That stadium is full every single solitary home game. I'll tell you this much, though. Um when you talk about things coming full circle, the one thing I do know about schools when, you know, you have your run and everything, you beat mm-hmm. up on everybody, mm-hmm. best believe those schools you was beating up on. Coming for you. Oh, they can't. Alabama State? Oh, yeah, best man. He might not care if Prime there or not, but best believe he can't coming. wait it's to a dog fight. State. Oh, he wants yeah. to He wants to humiliate them. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, I'm telling you right now, they're – See, that's why I always say sports are so compared to life because there is nothing like just watching the score get ran up, knowing you just did this to them. Like I always say, man, I I done ran the score up on people. I done had the score ran up on me. Yeah, man. So, hey, life come at you full circle sometimes. But um, did you have any uh, closing points or anything you wanted to add? No, baby. You got it. I know you're tired. I know you're tired. I'm powerful tired. I got to put progress notes in. And I'm not done. I got paperwork to do. Yeah, you out here listening to all these people's problems all day, you know. All day. I got progress notes put in. And then I'm going to get something to eat. And I'm going to go to sleep. I I know that's right. Well, Folks, that's it for episode 116 of House Talk Pregame. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, because once again, it helps us out, does phenomenal things for us, and gives us a chance to do phenomenal things for you all. Make sure you find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Like and subscribe to those channels as well. And until next week, I won't be here next week. um, He's abandoning us. He's activating my abandonment issues. 
I gotta I gotta go be I gotta go be a businessman in the morning next week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, gotta handle gotta handle them things before the the I, the iris calls me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got a blast for the pa- from the past form for next week though. Right. Not yeah. So we're not gonna tell. Right, yeah. So stay tuned for next week because it's going to be a wonderful episode. Yeah. In my absence, Doctor Pitts yeah. is going to hold it down with our phenomenal guest yes. next week. Yes. So make sure y'all tune in next week, regular time, eleven a.m. Yeah. Eastern Standard Time, Saturday morning. So until then, hope y'all have a great rest of the night, great weekend, stay safe. We'll holler at you then. Bye, everybody.